Good afternoon, you're listening to Scarif Bay Community Radio and local media this week. You're very welcome to the discussion here among our panel based on what is in the local print media this week, the Clare Champion and the Clare Echo. And I suppose to start us off, we are very much in favour of supporting local print media here in County Clare. Uh, the programme is sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography. Ruth's from Fecal, brilliant photographer, and we're delighted that she is sponsoring our programme. We have uh, most of our uh, panel, uh, most of our regular panel, so uh, a big welcome to you, John S. Kelly. John, you're very welcome. Thank you very much, Jim. And to Pat O'Brien, good to see you, Pat. Thanks, Jim. David can't be with us, unfortunately, today, so... Off the bench again, and looking sprightly, I'd have to say, is Luke Fleming. I thought, Jim, with your return, I was I was sort of going to be nailed back to the bench. So <laughs> I should have a sit-down protest, maybe, like the <laughs> awfully hurlers. But maybe we won't talk about hurling for a while. Not for another while, anyway, no. Okay, so that's uh, that's our lineup here. So we're looking at uh, the newspapers, and I suppose looking at the front pages, which is usually where we start, um, looking at the, the Clare Echo, for example... Clare fire stations prepare to shut for strike action. And on the Clare uh, champion, dangerous delays as strike bites. So it's it's a serious proposition, Pat, if we have no, on, on certain days, uh, no fire service or no local fire service and maybe long delays before uh, a fire engine arrives. It is very serious, Jim. Unprecedented closure of fire stations leading to dramatic increase response times in Clare. And you have a, a big photograph there of the uh, and a half page of the, the firemen striking outside Clare County Council. That's on the Clare Champion. On the Clare Champion, Clare County Council offices. And uh, you have um, a story from, from um, Parley in the front of the Clare fire stations prepared to shut for strike action. Disaster waiting to happen in Shannon. And I just uh, referred there to Shannon, you, you have the airport below, and uh, I think the, 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 the amount of people there, there uh, come to the, the, the paper is, is, is um, very much reduced down to nearly half what the, the, they can retain the, the firefighters there. Mm. And it's the same all over the county and uh, the country. So I'm, I'm presuming the airport is a separate fire department. Well, they have their own fire. They have okay, their own. But they would obviously call on the, the uh, other they'd fire. They'd be calling on the on the. The, uh, the, the airport uh, uh, fire service would be focusing on slightly different objectives. It'd be full time people. Uh, no. yeah, and would. The objectives mm. as well would be slightly yeah, different. But still, mm. they like I don't know. As someone, tis, tis quite some time ago now since I availed of the fire service, but. You know, it was absolutely brilliant. We had a chimney fire. Um, we came back from Mass and the chimney was in fire and we rang the fire department and they were out within a few minutes and they had everything under control and yeah. very reassuring, very, very professional. Yeah. Um, and that's the fire service in Scarif and I would imagine it's the same in every other part of the county. So what would you say then would be should be the outcome of the current... Uh, well, I think we, we discussed it here last week, and Luke said, why, why not make all these people, uh, f- uh, give them full-time jobs? Isn't the proper way to do it? Yeah, but... Um, yeah. We've, had, we've had the debate, we'll say, with regards to the Coast Guard. I, no, I think there would always be a, a need for a certain element of retained people. Yeah. But 
uh, I think there should be more consideration given to having more full-time people employed in stations because the issues that, you know, with say SIP2 and, and uh, the rep bodies that were raising last week before this happened, part of the thing was, you know, if you're going to be in the service, you have to live within two kilometres of the station, you know, and there are times where, you know, you're on call 24-7. Yeah. And the, the days of sort of people being able to volunteer uh, and sort of, you know, do, doing it just for the good of their own health, they're gone. These people are getting the same, I, I we presume, pretty much the same training as the full-time pe- people. people. They, they do a fabulous job. They should be rewarded. I, I, reward is the wrong word. They should be paid for the work that they do. And I suppose for, for a lot of them, and I know this through <coughs> matches now and through hurling over the years, that various people have, if they're involved in a hurling club, they have to swap around with someone, yeah, yeah. or they have. It is is very restrictive, mm. and and I mean it is practically it is a full time job. They have to live within. Um, is it is it some uh, short distance of the of the fire station? Like and they can't. Uh, we say if they're on call, they can't take their young fellow to school, or they can't take him to a match, or they can't yeah. or something like that. You know, they're, they're tied down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd remove some of those issues if a certain element of them were full-time because it would mean that the people would say they could tra- they could be travelling from a further distance but they would be at the station for the period of time. No more than anybody else that goes to work. You know, you're in the factory or whatever like that. You're, you're in the station for your 10 or your 12 hours. That's your shift. End of story. And you don't leave it mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're detailed for it but you're being rewarded. You know, mm-hmm. you're... you're and I, I know we had Darren McNamara here, who is the head of of the Scarif Fire Service. John and I think you and I had him. Yeah. And um, I mean, the, the the work that they do is not just fires. I mean, it's yeah, car crashes, car crashes, all sorts mm. of scrapes that people get into. And if you're trapped mm. in a car, you want the fire station, the fire engine, to come out and the staff as quickly as possible. Yeah. You don't want to wait hours for. For but that kind of relief, the department set up some some uh, look, didn't they set up some sort of a, a, a review, and they came out with thirteen recommendations. So okay. none of those have been these thirteen recommendations have been have been have been have been implemented. Then say they'll implement. Them. They'll say yeah, that yeah. they're pu- they pushing out. And well, what do reports do? They kick, gather dust. Yeah, you'll accept the report. Kick it down the road. <laughs> yeah, and you do nothing about it. Mm. Yeah. So what's the point in having a report in the first place? Mm. Well, you know, that's the, that's the strike usual. action would get it home, you know. Well, it will bring it to a head. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. You know, and this will be brought to a head either before or after strike starts, but it will yeah. be it will be sorted. You, you, just just here now, we'll say, um, on Tuesday and Wednesday, five stations in Killaloo and Kilrush are closed, leaving five fighters in Shannon, in a time in Kiki and Scarif covering all of the county. And so I know, I know the they, they, they were they were staggering it in that I know Scar- oh, yeah, Scarf yeah. was available for a few days and uh, Saturday, if I'm correct, Friday and Saturday Scarf was closed. And you know, so they're going around in different different places. So then I would say one of the places that was closed earlier in the week would be open as cover. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like I, I it, it, it's not fair to say that they've shut up shop and they're not going to respond that that's not true it's just that it's a time factor it's a time it's a time factor and uh, look like like everything else if heaven forbid the worst happened they would be out 
mm. I think, as they, as they always are. It just says here as well, that the chronic staffing shortages in Shannon Fire Service were highlighted on Thursday evening when four firefighters and the station officer attended a fire on the 12 o'clock hills. So they had, two, they had four people, uh, four um, uh, firefighters, and the station officer had to go to the fire. Yeah, which yeah. I suppose, you know. Yeah, and it says, you know, Shannon has only seven firefighters out of a full staffing complement of 15. With the airport there and the industrial yeah. estate. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah. it's like things, there are obviously other issues in the background. But you have the potential there for major incidents. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in with the, 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 the industrial yeah. estate. Uh, but they're walking and they're. they're, they're, no. they're Firefighters leaving the service. Yeah, but yeah. that's what I'm saying. They're there. Are, stick it. Yeah. They're leaving. Yeah, they're leaving in droves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm. leadership, leadership somewhere along the line demands mm. that that's dealt with. Yes. And who does that, John? Government. And what are they doing? Well, that's Not where the strike much. comes in. Yes. Yeah. The minister, the minister said uh, that he couldn't deal, deal with uh, um, any uh, monetary issues until the until the next round of pay talks, whenever that is going to be. Yeah. That's, uh, that's okay, listen, we'll go on, I suppose, on a lighter side of things and referring to Ennis, past the Flanua, and uh, I think the Flanua has shown up Ennis in a good light. Yeah, it's on, um, on board papers here now, uh, Jim, um, you heard, um, a party has it on page two of the, of the, the, <coughs> the echo. The echo. <coughs> And it's in the it's in Thailand there in the Tale Champion as well. Uh, there was great music weekend because the, the weather was fabulous for it, and they had a, they had a full week of, of music uh, with the Flanders and Innes. Um, Innes responded to the to the strains of traditional music, song and dance at Flanders, as Flanders made glorious return to the county and rights of Harping Manhattan held from May 27 to June 5th. The Tinder Festival had a packed program of outdoor and indoor events. Well, actually, I was in Ennis uh, one of the days last weekend, it was a Thursday or Friday, and there was a big concert at Woven the Square of, of school children. It was, it was fabulous. And there was a huge crowd around around, yeah. around them. Uh, with the, and then they had more uh, they had more sessions on around the old ground and in front of the old ground and around the Temple Gate and all that. And uh, they had a lot of outdoor, outdoor sessions and, and some very good concerts. Merton Hayes was in the, in Glore on Sunday night. And it was packed out. It was down to patch on the week, and he said it was packed out. It was a great concert. Yeah, yeah, I was in Ennis on Wednesday at the um, the, the school's matches were oh, on yeah, in yeah, Cusick yeah. Park. Mm. And, and we just took a walk back down to the to the car park and uh, outside Glore, and there was a free concert. Yeah. And four young fellas, maybe around the late teens, early yeah. 20s, and they, they played for an hour, an hour and a half. Free concerts out in the open, open great yeah, yeah. crowd, brilliant music. Mm. You know, to make you very proud to be from County Clare. Yeah, I'd have yeah. to say that. And could we make an appeal in regard to the tradition? The tradition, uh, with regard to traditional music, you know, is not, um, if you like, uh, it's not happening by accident. It's a policy pursued. And particularly in the primary schools with music generation. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And we're saying on the radio here, there isn't a school in the country, and in the counties, and that's our, our remit, uh, there isn't a, a school in the county that actually shouldn't be a member of music generation. generation. Without it. And parents should insist. Mm. Do you know? Will we explain what exactly music generation is? Go on. Jim? No, between us. 
the, in, uh, the implements will be actually provided, won't mm. they? The grant aid for that. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, it was a U2. U2 and Bono were pushing this, going back a couple of mm. years. And it would yes. be interesting to see music as one of the arts getting far more actual formal instruction to maintain the exceptionally high tradition that mm, yeah. Claire. Because I know in, in places, and you know, Pat, you, you know, you have the likes of Mary McNamara yeah, and Tulla, Breda McNamara in, in Canuck Naguiha. Yeah. And you have, I mean, they're two brilliant examples, but you have people in all other the, different parishes. All over the county. Really, you know, in, who are pursuing the, the, the training yeah. and the yes. teaching of traditional yeah. music. music. But as you said, John, kicking it off in the schools would give children a great start. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I was in Knocknagui here, there was a meeting there uh, a few weeks back in, in, in the evening time, about four o'clock, and there was a stream of children coming in and out with, with their fiddles and <laughs> flutes and everything under their arms and they're hidden into classes there yeah. in, the, in Knocknagui here. A big, big lot of people and they're, they're, the children and the parents bringing them into the music. So it's marvellous to see. pay off. And they have a lot of rooms there, so it's marvellous there in the, in, the, in the old convent building now, they have, yes. they have various rooms there and you can, uh, if somebody is teaching fiddle music in one and they have uh, an accordion in the other place, and, you know, they have, yeah. they have mm-hmm. the, 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 okay. the facilities there for it, which is great. We'll, we'll, we'll move on. Refugees, and there's a good bit in the papers today about refugees, both in the Clare Champion and the Clare Echo, I see a North Clare village has been uh, given a new name yeah. uh, from with with so many Ukrainians in the vicinity, and uh, that's on in the Clare page two of the Clare Champion, Kiev Fenora, and you have um, I see a call on page ten on the Clare Echo, uh, where uh, Councillor Jerry Flynn. The, an independent councillor is saying Clare has taken enough refugees. Yeah. Um, what do you think of that statement? Well, I suppose, uh, I suppose uh, accommodating them is the, is the big problem, John. Uh, um, you know, I suppose I, I don't really know why. Ireland have signed up to some agreement, and they have to take they have to take them in, irrespective of what's happening. Well, we're willing to pay out pay out one hundred and fifty million, isn't it? that the figure quoted uh, in an article during the week? It's quoted, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. To uh, outside, I think it's one point five million, John, not one hundred and fifty. I think one point five. Some, someone couldn't tell. Uh, they put too many zeros. <laughs> zeros are not enough. No, it's no, not because it was fifteen at one stage. Then it was one hundred and fifty, and then I think it, it wound up at one point yeah. five. But I, I look. It's easy to say we're full. Um, that is probably true to a certain extent when you consider 39% of all accommodation in County Clare, hotel accommodation, is taken up with refugees. Mm. Right? And Clare is a county that is largely dependent on tourism. Mm. So that creates issues to start with. But, like, you know, I was at the recent uh, debate that took place uh, in, in Scarif was said Timmy Dooley, I thought, uh, made a lot of very... Uh, pertinent points but he basically said we can't say no there's there's mm. legislation where we can't say no but now th- the other argument is he said we're not th- at a go uh, I go back to the whole government level John we're not doing enough but we're but not we're not doing enough to house our own people yeah. let alone house yeah. y- you know Ukrainians or other people coming into the country well take but take Jerry Flynn is the man who raised the question during the week 
a councillor from the upper end of the of the county, isn't that right? Well, he's yeah. living in Shannon, yeah, but he's from yeah. he's from Midtown, and he says the reason for the dissatisfaction, wherever there is dissatisfaction, his statement, the reason is lack of services. Now that is slightly more, you know, uh, walkable. What are the mm. services? Lack of services and lack of information. Yeah, yeah lack of Even information. if the information isn't great, you still need to inform people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I see, while Putin has shown that he and the Russian elite are capable of absolutely dreadful, brutal, uh, inhuman acts, yeah. um, we can't say that we have a limit because if... If we reach our limit, can what how, how can we say to people who are in dire need, and it's the same for other countries in Europe, mm-hmm. who need to to get out? We can't so, say sorry, we're full. Well, mm-hmm. just here, there's a nice article. Yeah, well, if you go through own Ryan there, in the yeah, he, he has all the stats there, Pat. Yeah, mm-hmm. know, he's all the stats there. But just moving on from the stats, last year saw despite among a number of Ukrainians being housed in the Bellyvahan area. But speaking this week, Robert Wayne Wainwright of Bellyvahan Community Development said that there has been an improvement in the situation over recent months. It is, it is all settled down a bit now. The Ukrainians that are here are actually finding jobs themselves. It is very difficult at the beginning, it was very difficult at the beginning when there were restrictions on what they could do and where they could go. It's a lot more settled now. They are still living in a concentrated area, but they have enjoyed Bellyvahan, I think, the, the integration with the community, he said, is good. So mixed resources have been allocated to the area in keeping with the expanding population. We applied for the community recognition fund and we got some funding for multi-use games area. Astrotrof, which is going to be available to all, including the Ukrainians, and it doesn't look like they're going anywhere soon. In terms of bustles, that's all good. I think the, the medical centre is probably under a bit of pressure. So um, he, mm. he's, uh, he's uh, well, uh, peace and putting a nice picture together. Like, like if you, you talk about figures, facts and figures, John, and if you, if you want to put it down, basically, we 4,626 Ukrainians in County Clare, which is 5.5% of the total number that have arrived into the Republic. Clare has 2.5% of the Republic's population. So you can say from that, on a statistical basis, we're take, we've taken in, you know, more than than um, probably a lot of other uh, a- areas. And it says, Owen would say in the article there, it says that Kenmare and Killarney municipal districts have more refugees, but their populations are higher, we'll say, than in Ennis Diamond. And the refugees make up a smaller percentage. So as a percentage of people that have moved into an area, and these areas are, like our own here, are mainly rural. Yes. You know? So Kilrush Municipal District has 492 Ukrainians. Killaloo has 323. You know? You say Killaloo, does that That's the municipal district. The district. The district, district, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's 1.48% of, pop- of the population. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's basically another 1 in 20 extra. Mm-hmm. I'd say that by and large, though, I think towns and villages throughout the country, and certainly in Clare, are you know, are welcoming mm-hmm. people when they come. Um, I mean, you, you do have certain people who are very right-wing and who are trying mm-hmm. to agitate and cause problems. But the, the ordinary person, 
I think they're they're welcoming enough. Mm-hmm. They certainly have been in the past, I in see, the recent past. I see a few, I passed last night coming out to the meeting there, there were children down on the footpath there and the skipping and the playing around on the footpath outside the hotel down in Scarab. Really? Yeah, and a few women, uh, some women outside them as well. But yeah, there were, yeah. Uh, were people outside. We have were staying in the hotel. I think. I think we have a potential platform for the refugees, haven't we? Hmm. Here in the radio. And I think that meeting that took place last week was very positive. Yeah. I mean, there were questions asked and yeah. serious questions asked, and a lot of criticism, in particularly in relation to information. Yeah. Um, but I mean, by and large, there there was no right wing keep them out mm-hmm. uh, um, you know among in that meeting it's covered it's not covered in the print version of the Claire Echo but it is covered in the online okay. um, the online okay. one and, and we, by the way we need the workers too and those children last week just just I know I know how to work out just want to be nice if even, I don't know the Jay Club I'm not telling them the Jay Club what to do here in Scarlet but we're we going to have get them all down there the all the young ones down into the into the Astor stuff and, and, and let them play soccer or whatever they play mm. well the Ukrainians are already doing that yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. here in the Astor turf in, in Scarlet yeah. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Or the ones up over in, in Brake. In I the presume it's the, the yeah, yeah. And, and maybe flag mount as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh that's yeah. kind yeah, yeah, okay yeah. can I I just wanted to move on to the sure. kid, uh, car parking um, car parking is seems to be causing a problem in Ennis and there's all sorts of um, difficulties about the Abbey Street area and we're, we're, knocking we're, houses we're tired, on Francis we? Street. Yeah. We're tired of, of the constancy of this uh, question being raised, isn't it? Mm. Every single week. I know, yeah. it's a huge problem, John, and you'll agree with me in Scarif. Oh, I do, absolutely. You know, I mean, you come into Scarif most days of the week and you have to go search for parking. And what has happened to the proposed, uh, you know, new car park area? Well, I think the purchasing of that land is still an ongoing yeah, I, I matter. Think, I think the technical term is the land is not currently in the possession of Clare County Council, but negotiations are ongoing. But in relation to uh, Clay, or Ennis, John, uh, it appears, and uh, I would imagine that only but for the public outcry, which was raised uh, in the media and uh, online as well, in relation to the proposal, you know, to build the car park, to knock sort of, you know, the houses um, near Cusick Park and sort of put a car park in, that's now on the back burner, so that's not going to happen. So that's a little bit of common sense in one way, mm-hmm. because what's the point in sort of spending a million, you know, to mm-hmm. sort of knock houses down to make a car park and then go building on it, uh, you know, a, a, a few weeks later? It's a bit like, it's a bit like you know, covering in the potholes on a road and then digging the whole road up yeah, six, yeah, six yeah. weeks later. But, yeah. You know, you, I, you could refer to a Collins Street in Limerick in relation to the issues in relation to that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I often think with, with Limerick, for example, and take that as an example, yeah. uh, Limerick city centre is not at all as busy or as important a commercial centre as it was 30 years ago. True. A, a lot of the um, activity, the retail activity in particular, has moved out to the, the western side, yeah. to shopping centres, um, out of town. Yeah, mm-hmm. But where parking is considerably easier and free, but mm. what what are they doing? They're reducing the number of lanes yeah. of traffic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And widening footpaths and reducing the amount of parking space available. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, 
they're trying to do the same in Ennis. And you can say, okay, active travel this, active travel that, and it, it is of interest, we'll say, uh, that uh, there is an article in, in the paper in relation to the NTA yeah. uh, issuing an, an update to the Ennis Town Bus Service Project, which I have to admit uh, that I didn't even know it was in existence, but uh, there is going to be a bus service in or in around Ennis. Uh, so I'd imagine if that gets uh, up and running, that they'll be sort of trying to get rid of more parking spaces in mm. town. Like, the reality of it is... I said, unless we have proper public transport, and uh, no one in this country can argue we have anything relating to proper public transport. Like, if if we didn't need cars, we wouldn't have them. Cars are an expensive commodity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I said, Don't it's a bit, a bit like, you know, it, it, everybody is probably spending well into four figures on their car every year. If you were able to, say, say for argument, say, say spend 500 euros and be able to get to work or get to wherever you want, on a bus or on a train or whatever way possible, you'd be there thinking, jeez, I'll take the bus. But that service isn't there. But it's yet... The, the shopping, the, the shopping centres weren't designed uh, to speak to the kind of needs that have emerged. No, but the shopping centres were brought into existence because of the rates. One of the issues that we say Limerick is the perfect example of it. We'll say the rates for the Crescent Shopping Centre were taken by Limerick County because technically, when when it was built, it was part of Limerick County Council as opposed to the City Council. So what did the City Council do? They wanted to get a few rates as well, so that they put in the the uh, Children's Road Centre. With you have like the Duns mm. and all the you know uh, mm. four or five big units in there with one way in and one way out and you try and get anywhere near that at Christmas and forget about it. No proper planning. It was purely done to try and get rates and to stop. All the city council are objecting to further expansion in the Crescent because they were going to lose out on rates and income. And now the two councils are under the one roof. You know, they're, they're, they're emerged. So I suppose it doesn't matter as much. What I'd be afraid of is that from. Ennis would, would Ennis town centre would suffer over the next 10 years. I mean, Ennis Town Centre, I, I think anyway, it's a very pleasant place to visit. Um, but if you can't park there, or you can comfortably park there, or there aren't enough parking spaces, or they're too expensive, uh, people will go elsewhere. You have a bigger yeah. argument in relation to retail, Jim. Hmm. You know, because I think a, a lot of the units in Ennis, uh, we, you know, you don't have too many big international brands in Ennis. Because there are no sort of out of town shopping areas yeah. where they would sort of see fit to set up with the likes of you know, you know, would say B and Q or someone like that 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 would that would set up. There are none of those. There's one or two smaller smaller units. You know, say uh, you have the Queen Road Industrial Estate, which has a sort of shops that have basically some shops that moved out of town that moved you know yeah, move yeah. move there and and part of the reason why why did they move out of town. Because yeah. there wasn't enough parking space, yeah. parking yeah. space in town. Yeah. In yeah. town yeah. So yeah. it's a bit like, you know, uh, you go to the stage where if, if you have these areas and you, you look at Limerick and yeah. sort of after five o'clock in the evening, you don't have much activity inside in town. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's true. you don't do, do many people uh, living so, in it. So Jim started off about the the, the um, um, parking problem in Scarif and then we... Uh, Moved on to Ennis. We haven't said we haven't answered your per- point, Jim. Yeah, the parking problem in Ennis. I said with Cherry, with um, um, what's it called? Um, 
uh, Elinus uh, looks like Jim Channery Flynn, who was a councillor, and, uh, yeah. and, and, uh, and the county council officials, who are disputing how many, how many Tarkin's places. He says they didn't give right information, and um, the lady in the council says she did, so it is a kind of um, a spat between the two of them, really. Yeah. Listen, we'll move on. I see page, I'm looking at page 20 and 21, which are opposite each other on the Clare Echo, and it's the green section. And uh, one says, most economical source of energy is off the Clare coast, says Professor. And that Professor is Professor Eamon Murphy, and he addressed members of Clare County Council last Monday. And on the other side then, and Luke is, will be very excited looking at this, uh, council to try to add electric vehicle charging points to facilities undergoing development. Mm. So presumably, um, will it become part of the planning permission or whatever, that if you're building something... I guess we'd be yeah. more excited, Jim, if they got off their arse and actually did it. Rather yes, than rather about than talk about it. Jim, the, the, the first question you raised there is Professor Murphy's uh, observation to the actual county councillors last week dealing with the Shannon Estuary, okay? And as you said, uh, most economic source of energy is off our own Clare coast. Is that true? I, all, all I need is, is a response. Well, it's the West Coast, John. The West, yeah, the, the West okay. Coast. Yeah. Well, he says, county councillors are now uh, uh, armed with the most valuable piece of knowledge. The Norwegian government take 50% of every single development off the coast. They've always had a type of socialist uh, inclination, okay? I'm asking our politicians, would you tell me, why is it that the state is not taking a percentage of all the development of this extraordinary resource, which you say is off our coast. Hmm. And, and it's different, John, from oil yeah. or from gas, which yeah. we have had up to now. Well, we didn't have much oil, but we did have gas. Yeah. In that this energy that's available off the West Coast is renewable. It's not going to run out in 20 years. The wind will still be blowing in 20, 30, 50 years. Yes. Um, That's right. Yeah. So but how do you feel about what Professor Murphy said? He said, please, will you look out? And he said, look at a good model in Norway of how they handled their uh, relationship with their energy sources. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay? well, otherwise, you're giving it away, aren't you? You are giving it away. And we've given away a flipping nuff over mm. the years. No. Down to, we, we got rid of the cattle and, and then eventually we got rid of our people. Okay. We got rid of turf. We, got, we got rid, rid of sugar. Of turf, sugar yeah. bit. Yeah. How will we yeah. still import turf from where is it? Lithuania or Lithuania. Lithuania. Oh, yeah, we, we we stopped making it ourselves, Jim. Yes. No. An important uh, important wood chip from uh, Brazil. Yeah. Yes. And we can't make it here. Now sticking to the actual theme of state involvement in ownership. Can any of you give me a response as to how you feel about that? Bearing in mind that councillors have limited actual power, but they mm. do have some power oh, yeah, yeah. indirectly. I think yeah. there's there's obviously European legislation in relation to it, but John, I would refer you to um, the ESB, mm -hmm. which is a semi-state yeah. body. Why couldn't they be 
involved in 50% of all of the offshore wind. What do you think? My thoughts on it have have been uh, for years that they should have been got gotten off their ass and that the government should have got off their ass in relation to it because uh, we're just going to wind up giving it away to other companies unless our politicians act yeah. from from county councillors through to senators through to to um, the Doyle and by all accounts I mean we're going to have a, a windfall of, of tax windfall yeah. you know over the next couple of years so it's yeah. I, I'm not, I don't know the figures now, but the sustainability of that is is, is absolutely outstanding. Yes. No, but, yeah, but yeah, but the difference is, John, we're going to wind up paying for the likes of pyrite. That's going to be a one-off payment that's going to cost X amount of billion. That's not going to generate any income down the years. But that is a, if, an error on yeah, our part. No, of course it is. But you could start saying the children's hospital is going to take probably another few billion here, here or there. But if you had invested in offshore wind, and is it, we'd all be paying for the electricity. So it's not as if you could invest two million into it and that that's two million squandered. You would get a return on it over the next 10, 20 years. Mm. But that would make sense, so it's not going to happen. But mm. wait, wait, no, this is where I come, on, come in. Uh, it is going to happen because it's going to be bloody well raised here week after week with our politicians, either directly or indirectly, until there is a say, my God, I never thought about that. We better look look to it. But so what's going to happen here is, is they're going to get companies in to, 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 to put up those, and, and then they'll buy the... They'll, they'll buy at the, their prices, we talked earlier buy, about yeah. what the price, who hmm. did buy back the, the price? Yeah. Buy back from the multinational companies. So mm-hmm. Our own... Wind. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, listen, we've reached half time. In fact, we're gone beyond. We've played extra time again uh, in the first half today. Um, we need a bit of music, I suppose, to <laughs> relax for the next while. So, Pat O'Brien, what have you got? I suppose poor Christy Dignam uh, passed away uh, during the week. So, we'll, we'll uh, and Alison, you know, he, he, I suppose he's been Ill, Ill in a while. So, We'll, uh, we'll have crazy, crazy world from Christy Dignam. Okay, very appropriate, very apt. Thanks, Pat. Very welcome back to uh, local media this week on Scariff Bay Community Radio, sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography. And that was Crazy World by Christy Dignam and Aslan. Uh, they were in the featured in the Harbour Festival in Scariff. I'm not sure what year, but it was about six or seven years ago, I suppose. Um, also, directly after this program today, we will have Owen O'Hagan, Owen did, uh, who, who would be, who would know Aslan and Christy very well uh, for many, many years. But uh, Owen did an interview with Christy, which we first broadcast in March 2020. And uh, we'll broadcast that again uh, straight away after this program at three o'clock. So that's something to stay tuned in for. Now... 
there should a sound rising in the background, a sound we can hear that uh, people might be very, very familiar with, maybe more in the past than in the present, Pat. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, an, it's in the northwest Clare page of the Clare Championship. Uh, Cork come to solve cuckoo mystery. And there's a lovely photograph there of the director of the Irish Cuckoo Tracking Project, Sam Bailey, holds a meadow pipit, one of the cuckoo's greatest enemies, which BTO volunteer Tom Stewart holds the cool cam in the bottom. So you have a picture there of the, of the two lads and they're holding the two birds. And um, the story is from Andrew Hamilton. An art clear board could help solve one of the enduring mysteries of the natural world by mapping exactly where the cuckoo goes when he leaves Ireland. A male cuckoo named Cook Cairn was successfully captured and released on May 17 of this year as part of the cuckoo tracking project. Cook Cairn was fitted with a tracking device which allows the scientists involved in the project and indeed the general public to follow his movement on a daily basis. Cook Cairn was first tracked in the Cairn area of North Clare but since then he has moved across the bottom and spent much of this week in and around Bellyvahan. It's a, lovely, it's a lovely story, John, about... Uh, it is indeed. Do we have the actual sound? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's playing away in the background, John, as, the background. as we speak, but you haven't your headphones on. But uh, oh. yeah. for anybody just listening, you'll be able to hear, hear him uh, yeah. baiting away in the background. <laughs> it's uh, a lovely sound. But, yeah. you know, as we listen, as I listen to it over the years, beyond in, in the golf course or anywhere else, I often wondered, where did the sound go then? Where did the actual cuckoo and that's the great thing about the piece of research that Pat has, has spoken of there to know okay that um, uh, and the cuckoo seems a lot more scarce now than oh yeah than like all of the yeah. well, the corncrake is gone completely from around Not, here oh they are but um, he's there and still in Roscommon yes yeah. <laughs> I just said the, breed, the breeding distribution of the cuckoo across Ireland has decreased by 27% since the figure was first recorded in, in, in the board that in 1972. So when will we know, Pat, the, where the cuckoo has gone from Bodike this year? When will we know the track? Yeah, I suppose the, 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 the lads will, will, will be tracking him anyway, and they'll have, the, you know, they'll have... I think everyone can actually... You yeah, can, you, you can you, reach you, a, you an app on to, You get onto the old www, John, the World Wide Web, and yeah. go to bto.eor.org. Yeah. So bto.org. And it's yeah. on page 14 of the oh, Clare Champion. It's in the North and West Clare oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. page on the Clare Champion. Andrew Hamilton with the art. It's a great art. Isn't it a great, yeah, a great it bit of research? A, yeah, it is. John, you directed us there recently to, or during the break to a piece in the paper about the diocesan changes that have taken place. It used to be, uh, Jim, it used to be a great day when the announcement from the Bishop's Palace, okay, uh, percolated down to the, the parishes and the curacy, and where's Father Mick going now? Uh, what who, did you hear? Yeah, People and, stopping the street. And I, who are we getting? Who are we getting? <laughs> who are we getting? <laughs> but now, that is, that is kind of all changed. They gave figures. There are 58, 58 parishes. Yes. <laughs> 58 parishes in the Diocese of Killaloo. 27 have no residual priest under 75. No, gee, this is serious. Um, so, it's clear each year is going to be cleaning out 
more, and the figures cha will change rapidly enough from year to year. What do you think can be done? I, I, I think certainly there are mechanisms available which might help increase the number of priests. Such I as? I don't think it's a necessarily a magic bullet, but um, one is women priests. I mean, I have never understood why women priests are not allowed in the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. Many other churches have, have women priests. and The Baptists don't like it. The Baptists in Magaland in Texas <laughs> certainly have voted during the week um, not to have women priests. But look, would anything surprise you about what's going on in certain parts of America at the moment? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, thinking of the Catholic Church, like women are at the backbone of the Catholic Church, mm. without a shadow of a doubt. Mm. If you look at, at most parishes, you know, who does the organizing, who does the harrow, who attends church more often? You'll find it's yeah. women in the different parishes. And, and they're automatically, by virtue of the fact that they're women, they're excluded. Also, John and Pat, both of you are excluded from the priesthood, as am I, Why? at this point. Because we're married. Okay. So, I mean, that's, that's another one. Why not have married priests? Why not have women Why not have married women priests, for God's Indeed. sake? Um, I'm not saying it would solve the whole thing because there is a there has been a a drop off in you know people practicing yeah. their religion maybe in all religions but Pat is raring to go on this one you know yeah I think we'd want to hold him back now <laughs> but but John you you said 27 of the parishes in the diocese have no resident priest under 75 yeah so like I know going back 10 12 years ago this matter was being raised and saying if things keep going. This is how it's going to wind up. And this is a little bit like the turkeys voting for Christmas. The church isn't going to change. The hierarchy, who, who runs the church? We say the Pope, but it's the Synod and the... As the, the Curia. Says, it, yeah. Well, the Curia is like the civil service. Hmm. It's the civil service, will say, for the Catholic Church, they're not going to vote to change any of this. No. And not any, not any time soon. The current man is to be respected for many things that he has done. I think he has tried to bring the church on, but he's a man in his eighties, yeah. right? They're not. It's <laughs> what not, are we doing here? No, <laughs> no, but it's not going. You have to be realistic about it, John. It's not going to happen. I'm we an optimist. Can, well, I'm a skeptical pessimist, <laughs> and as I said, I've been proven right so far in relation to this. Yeah. But it's, it's not going to happen, and you're going to wind up with. Um, I, I, I can remember, it's back in 2012, it was the, the priest in Killaloo at the time, he said that if things keep going the way that they're going, he says, in 15 to 20 years' time, you will have one priest probably based out of Castle Connell covering most of East Clare mm -hmm. for the diocese. If you have one, then you yeah, that, that's, that's, that's what he was saying, yeah. hmm. you know? Yeah. You, you, you look at, we'll say, the way that, um, you know, diocese... Uh, 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 parishes have been amalgamated and you know we said you, you, look, we've spoken about this no, a number number of times in the past the, they had the debate about the deacons that was knocked on the back foot 10 years ago yeah and do you remember you know, the, the detail of that for our listeners well it was sort of allowing women to sort of be give them a, a more involvement in the church and the ultimate irony of it was that it was actually women in West Clare that objected to women being uh, brought on board as part of the of the of the deacons and, and the but, and the deacons as well for for men mm. uh, the the deacons had to if you were married 
you had to have some kind of permis- permission from your wife to do it. There were, there were, there, it was just, it was crazy. No. The, de- the Deacon uh, story is interesting because my recollection of the Deacon era that uh, Luke uh, referred to there uh, goes something like this, that the female deacon, the deaconess, existed within the church in the early centuries. Now, I'm open to correction, but I'm confident I'm correct. But you'd married priests in the early... Oh, up to in, the, in the early century. centuries, you know. Yeah. The, many of the apostles were married. But you married bishops? Yeah. A lot of I mean, the, and quite a number of the actual um, bishops were sons, sons of chieftains. Yes. So naturally, yeah. well, there was a bishop. This is before the Norman invasion. No? Pat, Pat was going to say something he could regret there, John. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think we might move on. <laughs> there's two um, actually. I just there in the hospital. They have two students. Um, there's just two students in, enrolled in the in the college in seminary. Yeah. Mm. Listen, we'll go on. Um, on, on, a, on a sad note, uh, during the week, um, there was a drowning pass in. Yeah, parts Ross, of the country near near Tulla. Yeah, Rosslare Lake, which is up oh, at the back of um, uh, um, Beckman Cool Church, and I hope that's all up there. Um, there was a, a, a man he was fishing there, and he was drowned. I, I don't know who he was. Uh, the, his name hasn't been released, but it said he was in the south of the county, wherever, wherever, that, wherever okay. that would have been. But well, we um, offer we offer our condolences anyway, to, yeah. to his family and, he's, and um, his, his friends. His fishing gear were found on the on the shore, anyway, and some someone went up to go fishing, go swimming there or something in the evening, and they see his body floating in the water. So yeah, so very very sad. So I suppose people would want to be careful. You uh, probably hot weather, and uh, people should uh, be careful about. Uh, you know, was he young rivers and, No, he was in his sixties. Yeah. 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 Okay, uh, we we talked about Broadford and the main street early in the in the program, but Fecal also are there's a oh, picture yeah. of Pat Hayes somewhere, and they're on it. And no, no, Jim, you, you say somewhere. If David was here, he'd take great exception to that. <laughs> I say that that's a famous picture of Pat wa- walking that's the right. railway tracks near <laughs> near Crusheen. Near Crusheen. That's <laughs> right. It, it, yes. It'll be interesting to see how the actual suggested one way system would work because it's a natural. If you come in at the at the graveyard, okay, from the Scarif side or from the Kilmina side, you actually have a, a, a Y. You can go right and find your way into the village, isn't that right? Mm. Or you can go left and find your way into the village yeah, and yeah. complete a circle like exactly, that. Yeah. But I tell you, change comes, uh, you know, it change can be challenging. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can, John, but uh, what does history teach us? It'll, uh, we can get used to it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I refer you to traffic lights on the bridge in Killaloo. Yeah. I refer you to one way in Killaloo. I refer you one to way one way in Scarif. I refer you to one way in Tungreni. Yeah. I refer you most recently a one way down to the harbour in Mount Shannon. Yeah. So, you know what? I said, we're all on about health and safety and sort of trying to make the roads safer and uh, better access for pedestrians and all the rest of that. So yeah, we, I, we, should, we wish them well. But we, we want to it. change somewhere else. Not well, that's, that's the way they should go. Because yeah. uh, you know, you, you'll have a better footpath and you'll have, you'll have, you will. You'll have it's a safe care, safe, mm. safe driving yeah. and go around and down by, by Smiths or whatever way they, yeah. they, they, they want okay, to do. Talking about driving, um, we had a tractor run recently in... Uh, the Flagmont area, which was brilliant for tractor runs, and 
they, they are a fantastic community. The, I'm talking about the tractor community and the vintage tractor community because they have come together so many times over the years for, for everything, um, for every good cause. But uh, really, it, it was a very, very successful tractor run. Luke, I think in uh, yeah, it's on page four of uh, the champion, champion there, and yeah. I suppose it's I said a man that is sort of close to I think the hearts of anyone related to sort of uh, sport and in Scarf in particular and and wider and 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 his uh, home of fetal uh, Owen O'Grady would say who was undergoing intensive treatment at the National Rehabilitation uh, Hospital in Dunleary after sustaining serious injuries last August. And uh, the traditional road run would say that takes place in Canny's was dedicated to sporting uh, Owen and his family. And it, I, they described it as the biggest ever with approximately 264 trucks, tractors, motorbikes and cars. Vehicles of every model and size and number of vintage through huge, huge crowds. And it ra- has raised over 60,000 euros. Yes, so, I you know, again... We we sort of give out about lack of housing and various other bits and pieces, and we can bitch about lots of things. But I would say when it comes to um, matters like that, I, I, the Irish people I think are rarely found wanting. Indeed, you Indeed. know, yeah. Yeah, there's a sixty from the tractor one and two thousand from the fishing competition, and the, the yeah. sixty-two thousand and he was raised. Well, yeah. it's it's great to see mm. Owen at home among his own people. Mm. Um, yes, in over the last couple of months mm-hmm. and and may he continue to you know to, to recover recover and, mm-hmm. and um, be be once more part of the community mm-hmm. okay that's that's brilliant pat you were saying that last week on your way home you noticed smoke on the 12 o'clock hills and i it's mentioned in the papers this week oh yeah that was a big fire here too. page four page four the champion yeah um, Dan has the article there. Uh, on on, on Tuesday evening last week, um, there was a fire up in the hills, and uh, there was a lot of damage done. There was I think seventeen acres of of, uh, of the of the forest they uh, burned, and um, like such as such as um, to the great facility there for all the people and uh, very popular, and. Um, um, was it an accidental fire, I wonder? Yeah, uh, well, the hidden here, Gary, probe, clear, hill fire, and suspicious activity at 12 o'clock hills before the fire. Uh, it appears uh, that um, some people are up there and they're burning, uh, they had copper, this copper wire, uh, and uh, they're burning the plastic off or the cover off it. And uh, I suppose, with the, from the way the weather is for the last month, Anywhere which same challenges back to take off and mixing the the whole place yeah. uh, took off. Is it has it in, impeded uh, the walk down anyway? No, it was just close to the weekend until the Monday. Uh, they, they were up there. They had a helicopter up there on Friday all day, bringing up water in 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 a. They have a special unit for in the, in the bottom of the helicopter where they can click yeah. it off the off the leg. And take it up and, and, and spray it on the on the. It's on called the, the Bambi bucket. Jack. Bambi bucket. Yeah. Bambi bucket. <laughs> it can Bambi bucket. hold fifteen hundred liters of water. Yeah. So the old flower bed will be fairly uh, wet after that. But we, some of the thunder showers we had during the week. <laughs> yeah. But it's something, of course, that I mean, everyone who uses the hills and the forests yeah. have to be very wary of, oh, yeah. particularly in the with the type of weather we've had. Yeah. I mean, uh, I know the guard you're looking into this one, but it can be accidental also. It can, yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I think that the one good 
thing out of it, Pat, and a good being a relative word is that any of the work done by the 12 o'clock uh, Hills Committee, committee yeah. there was no damage caused to any of the work that they have done. So it was, you know, it was just, it just pure forestry area, which bad enough and all as it is, but none of the great work that has been done in relation to making the hills accessible mm-hmm. has been um, uh, damaged. Damaged, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's that's a good thing. And they're having a, actually on on the ninth of, of July they're having a a thirty k hike from from Killaloo from from below in in um, in the Killaloo out over Melissa and out on to Broadford and up on the Twelve O'Clock Hills. Yeah, and then that's an annual event. It's an annual event, event, and it's yeah. uh, it's in aid of um, cancer res- research and. Yeah. And where does, uh, it, does uh, it come from, Kilban? No, from Killaloo. Killaloo. Yeah. The two oh, mile gate. Yeah, two mile gate. Up, up, the up over, up over Marlisa. Yeah. Down mm. into Bradford. And there's a, a pit stop in Bradford for uh, refreshments. Water. And then you go up the, Broad, you go up the Limerick Road and you branch off up to the, the right and out over the hills and back over to, to Belvoir. Oh, Just 30 kilometres. You can do it? I won't, no, I'm, I'm, I won't be doing it, Jim, John. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I won't. Okay. That's for we, that's for very experienced walkers. <laughs> as we as we approach the end of our our program, I think we have to John congratulate Pat Hayes on the the recent Fianna Fáil convention which took place over a week ago. People were asking me, Jim, about that during the week. What exactly does that mean? Should there isn't a general election, so I said we'll mention it on uh, the media. So I leave it back to you now. Oh, well, it's a county council election which is due to take place. I think next, next June. Next June. Next this June. time next year, and with the help of God, we will be there. Scarif Bay Community Radio will be there to cover the election, the pre-election, to cover the count live from wherever it is, um, and that will be in June next year. So there's no change in our colleagues. Uh, the well, there's three Fianna Fáil councillors in the Kildare Municipal District. Yes, uh, and the Pat Hayes. Alan O'Callaghan and Tony O'Brien. Tony, Tony O'Brien. O'Brien. That's six. No, five. no, they're the three. They're, they're the three. three. Yes, Fianna, Fianna Fáil. Fáil. This so is this is a selection for Fianna for Fáil. Fianna Fáil, Fáil yeah. 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 There was another candidate from from Broadford who there was indeed, yeah. but but he didn't he didn't make it. Yeah. But uh, I think they were well, happy. They were happy in one sense to ha- only, yeah. to have a a contest. Yes. Because yes. rather than just be picked but So Pat headed the Fianna Fáil Pat headed the Fianna Fáil and who and Alan O'Callaghan as well. Alan O'Callaghan was second I think and and, and Tony was sort and totally brought up the the three one from your man. Yeah. Well you see the other the other the other candidate Michael he was Michael Miron, but he was he was living in Killaloo but he's from Kildane. So he'd be taking the the votes the votes around that area as well, you know, suppose Killaloo. We, sh- we should remind people as well that there are two Finnegale Sitting councillors as well. Yeah. Um, well, we should probably let people, let John know that the Fine Gael Selection Convention hasn't taken place yet, John. Indeed. And isn't scheduled to take place for Killaloo, but it has taken place in Ennis, and you'll be delighted to know that your favourite uh, local county councillor is back on the ticket uh, for, 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 for Ennis. Who is that? <laughs> uh, we'll leave it in the lock. Okay, because we're running out of time. Okay, she's well, a, uh, just she's to. Nice, she's a nice blonde, Jim. <laughs> Pat Burke uh, <laughs> from Whitegate and uh, Joe Cooney from O'Callaghan's Mills yeah. are the two Fine Gael sitting TDs, yeah. just to mention, who's presumably they will have a convention as well at yes. some point uh, in the future. Okay, I think, are we, I, I can't see the clock, but... Uh, uh, you, uh, half a minute. We've half a minute, so listen, half a minute will just allow us to wrap up. 
you could say the repairs to Broadford's to Main to Street or in Limbo. Oh, Donovan, family in Shannon. Diomed. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. Died Former the, colleague of yours, Indeed, John. and a very, very eminent educationist. But we haven't time to discuss that. Okay, and well, his and the photograph there of yeah. of his funeral. Yeah, uh, and he just in the school out having a on a. Great. Uh, they have a, what you call it for him? Um, Guard of Honour. Well, may he rest in peace. Okay, that's it from us today. Our thanks to all our panel. John S., thank you very much. Pleasure. Pat O'Brien. Thanks, Jim. Uh, Luke off the bench, another sterling performance. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> and uh, hopefully you can join us again next week. Pat, what music are we going to play out on today? Well, I suppose in the last couple of days we had a lot of heavy drops away in Jim, so we'll have. Uh, Bert Beckerweg's uh, with B.J. Thomas singing Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. On My Head. To my mind, the best version uh, of that song, uh, B.J. Thomas, who passed away, I think, just a couple of years ago. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much to, to everyone. Thank you for listening at home. And we look forward to talking to you again next Sunday at 2 o'clock. So, from all of us here on Local Media This Week, sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography, goodbye and God bless. Just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling